Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My dear brother, my dear sister in Christ. The food is ready. The table is set. Everything is piping hot, ready to be served, ready to be eaten. The only thing left to do is to have everyone get to their seats and sit down to eat. And so that familiar call to arms that you've, that you've shouted many a time sounds again, Kids, come and eat! Just a minute, they reply. They explain to you that they're playing Fortnite, and it's an online game, so they can't just pause it, they have to keep it going. But the food's not ready in just a minute, the food's ready now. Oh, the troubles and trials of simply trying to feed your family. In our gospel lesson from chapter 6, a similar call is ringing out to you and me that we come and eat. It's not a physical meal. It's not physical food that's being prepared for us. But an amazing meal that will give us the gift of eternal life. So let's you and I take a second right now to heed the call to come and eat of the goodness of God, the goodness of our very own Savior, Jesus Christ, who arrived on this planet to save us from our sins. But as we enter the text, as we, as we arrive in John chapter 6, we do have to apologize because we're interrupting. This is the middle of a conversation Jesus is having with a group of people. This is the group of people that Jesus has miraculously fed. You see, there's at least 5,000 individuals in this group. 5,000 men, not counting their, their wives and their children. Jesus fed all of them, the thousands that they are, with just five loaves of bread and two fish. So seeing Jesus do this amazing miracle, these people follow him around. They have a couple questions for him, as you can imagine. Namely, who are you? How can you do this? And maybe could you do it again? But it's when Jesus takes up that first question, that question of who are you, they're in for a big surprise, more than they bargained for, we would say. Because Jesus tells them, who am I? I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven. Right there on the spot, he was putting his foot down and saying, I'm the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one of God to be your savior. And you know what? the people are not that excited about Jesus' answer. Listen again to how they responded to his answer to their question. At this, there at this the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Jesus, you're saying that you're the Son of God? That you are God himself? That you have come to save us from our sins? Jesus, we watched you grow up. We know where your folks live. 
How can you claim to be anything more than just one of us? It's almost like they're forgetting the very miracle that brought them to, to run after him in the first place. But they show us something that reflects a little bit on ourselves. See, when Jesus is in charge of the conversation, he can take it to some places maybe we're not always ready for. These people were super happy when Jesus was just that guy who multiplied bread and fish and gave them a free meal. They would love it if he would just stay that guy. But it's when he starts talking about this spiritual stuff that they start grumbling against him. They're angry with him because he changed the conversation. Jesus wanted to go from talking about physical needs, food, to spiritual needs, salvation. And Jesus anticipated that they would grumble. Jesus knows exactly why, and this is the way that he explains it. The long and short of it is these people grumble because they don't understand what he's saying, and the reason that they don't understand is that they don't believe. Jesus says it this way. Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, they all will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Jesus is saying, if you expected spiritual truth, life-changing truth to come from anyone, it's going to come from me, because I came from heaven. I am from the Father. These people didn't understand that, because a lot of them did not have the eyes of faith to see the truth that Jesus was speaking. They looked at him and they saw a guy not their savior. And when he tried to tell them, I am your savior, they get upset because he's answering a problem they didn't know they had. They wanted to talk about food and, and multiplying food miraculously, but when Jesus moves the conversation to solving a real need that everyone has, they didn't want to hear it. And I think you and I can relate to this at least a little bit. By God's grace, you and I have faith in Jesus Christ. But every once in a while, are we tempted to mistrust or to grumble against the truth that Christ prepares and brings to us? Are we sometimes tempted to think that we would be more satisfied if Jesus just stayed a nice, wise guy? who gave us nice little sayings or wise little uh, metaphors or proverbs that we could use and apply and make ourselves feel better, but not much more than that. Do we think, or do we, think we would be more satisfied if Jesus were just our best friend, the one who picks us up when we're down, but when nothing bad is really going on, we don't really need him around? Or is Jesus just a, a really great advice giver 
where, he would, where we want him to just give us the 13 steps to a better marriage or how to live with financial security. But then when he starts talking, as he inevitably does in the Gospels and in the Word, about how sinful we are by nature, how destructive we are to our very selves, how desperately in need of saving we are, even from conception, we don't always like to hear that. We don't always want to have that conversation. We're not always prepared to talk about those spiritual things Jesus has to tell us. So maybe sometimes, like the crowd, we want to keep him as just the guy who does the nice things for us instead of our Savior who does everything for us. But by God's grace, Jesus is so much more than that to you and me. Jesus is so much more than a divine advice giver. Jesus is so much more than just somebody who shares with you a couple proverbs that you can make as your motto for life. Jesus is your life. Jesus is your salvation. Jesus is your answer to a problem greater than physical hunger, than physical thirst, but he is the answer to your need for salvation. Real food. Because we were spiritually starving by nature. Jesus came, he arrived at the first advent, born a human baby, to feed us his salvation, to give up his very self as our substitute, as our sacrifice, to make us whole, to bring us to spiritual health. And that knowledge that ability to see Jesus as your Savior, that's from God. You believe in Jesus because God has drawn you, because God has given you eyes of faith to see Jesus for who he is. Your entire salvation, your entire life, our spiritual universe, everything revolves around Jesus. And he's given to you freely. You are taught to see that by God himself. See, this is the way that God works. You and I are sitting there spiritually starving. God provides his salvation, his love, his forgiveness, his grace. And we just sit back and we receive. We don't earn, we don't even ask for to begin with. He just gives to us and saves us. He feeds us. He pulls out the chair at his family table. He sits us down and he gives us the richness of spiritual food, his very son, to save us. That's how God works. And food, even physical food, is so much more than just getting the nutrients you need to stay alive. It's true that none of us would last very long if we had absolutely nothing to eat. That's a biological fact. But food, in our culture and in every culture, has so much, many customs around it. There are so many different dishes you can make and thoroughly enjoy. Food can be a fun thing, and it can be a relationship-building thing, right? This video is being recorded just a couple days after Thanksgiving. And didn't we find this to be true in our Thanksgiving celebrations? You put your best effort into making that meal. You celebrate with people that you love, even if you had to do it over a video chat. 
Because it's better to eat good food with people. It strengthens our relationships, it builds our bond, it helps us appreciate one another. And that's true with spiritual food as well. I'm standing in, standing in here in front of a bunch of pews, but these pews are more like seats, chairs at the table of God. As brothers and sisters gather here regularly to feast on the goodness of God through the preaching and teaching of the word, but also through the liturgy as we respond to God's goodness with song This is where we sit down and feast together and our bond is strengthened as we jointly partake in our Savior. And every time, even at home, that you sit in front of an open Bible and with your family or by yourself, you're reading the truth of God, you are feasting on the goodness of Jesus Christ himself for the nourishment of your soul and for the gift and strengthening to eternal life. That's what Jesus means when he says, Here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. (laughs) Jesus makes it sound so simple, doesn't he? All you got to do is eat. All you got to do is partake. All you got to do is receive and be blessed by the truth of Christ, by Christ himself. And you'll live forever. Because through the knowledge of Jesus as your Savior, you know that your sins are forgiven, that you're declared innocent in the courtroom of God. And that on Judgment Day, at that next Advent, when Jesus comes back, He will prepare you and take you into eternal life in heaven with him. That's what you're doing. You are are prepping for judgment day as you eat of the goodness of, of Jesus Christ through his word, through the truth. But let's not go too long without getting that nourishment. Because with physical hunger, there are physical sensations that you feel when you need to eat. Your stomach tightens, you feel feel the pain of hunger, maybe you get even a little faint in the head and can't quite think straight. I know if I get snippy or testy, it's a safe bet that I probably need to eat something. We have these signs that remind us that we need to eat. But it's not the same with spiritual hunger. If you go weeks, months, or even years without partaking of the good things of God through, through Scripture, without opening your Bible, without hearing what God has to say to you, without joining brothers and sisters in worship online or in person, you won't feel a tightening of your stomach, you won't feel those hunger pains, and Satan would love it if we went so long without partaking of spiritual food. Let's take advantage of the meal that is prepared and set before us in the word, in the truth about Christ. Let's take advantage of the, of the sumptuous feast God has prepared and set before us because Jesus was not just Joseph's stepson. He was not just Mary's son. He is the God-sent Savior, sent, and who arrived, and who will arrive again 
to take us into eternal life. A free gift, the gift of heaven given to you because of what Jesus accomplished for you on the cross, where he gave his own body up as a sacrifice for you because he loves you. And he is with you every day, speaking to you through the word, preparing you for that next coming. Preparing you for when he meets you face to face. So today and tomorrow and every day, let's come to the table and eat of the good things of God. They're fresh, they're prepared, they're ready to go. All you got to do is open it up and read the word of God. Or join us for worship, where the good things of God, the truth of his grace and his love are served up regularly. Come and eat. Come, eat, and live. Amen.